Two Kids in a Career is produced by Jill Devine Media. There are a couple guys that I've talked to that are like, I've never talked to anybody about this stuff before. It's not like crazy stories. It's like me and my wife had a huge fight last night. And it's like, dude, that is so normal. Everybody fights with their wives. Yeah. Like if you don't fight with your wife, there's probably something wrong in your relationship. Normalizing these things that happen and then having a conversation about it. But you get to air out your anger, your frustration, your annoyance. Evoke Creative is a proud sponsor of Two Kids and a Career. They help small business owners like me brand with purpose and market with intent. The ladies at Evoke Creative will help make your digital presence known. Learn more at evokecco.com. That's evokecco.com. Hi there and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. It is episode 96. I can't believe we are so close to hitting 100. And in these 96 episodes of Two Kids in a Career, there haven't been a lot of men on. And it's like I say, not because I don't like the men. It just is easier to talk to some mamas about the different struggles that we're going through. But then you think about it and you're like, wait a minute, dads can go through this same thing. So that's where I'd like to welcome this week's guest, Tommy Geary to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, Jill? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm hanging in there and I am so looking forward to your perspective because this isn't something that I have had on the podcast yet. I've had dads, I mean, talk a little bit about um, some of the things that they've experienced as fathers and things that they would like to have done different, but really not a ton, not diving into it. And it is kind of ignorant of me to think that dads don't have some of the same guilt that moms do. And that's not fair, really. I hate to say not fair, but you know what I mean with that? Like, it's just, it's easy to generalize. And don't, don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that's what us women do, right? You're like, okay, I already know that. <laughs> and and us, us dudes do it too. We beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up. And, but no, it's, uh, it is good to remember. So I'm really excited that we're having this conversation because I know your audience is mostly women from what I understand. And it's cool. Um, yeah, I think we'll have a good conversation about dads, what's happening with them and um, just that different perspective, like you said. Well, you can only keep educating yourself and adding tools to the tool belt, in my opinion. So the help that I can get from someone like you to maybe talk to my husband about something or understand where he's coming from, I mean, that's only going to make us both better parents. So let's start with your family slash personal life before we get into the professional side of things where you are able to help other guys out there and other dads. For sure. I 
live in Ohio with my wife, Brenda, and our three and a half year old daughter, Nell. And so we share the Midwest connection together. Yeah, we've been in Ohio for about a year and a half. And that's where we're at right now. My wife and I run a men's coaching business together. I, I do the coaching. I do the connecting and my wife does all the marketing. Uh, she's amazing creative director. That's her background. We used to run a marketing agency together and now we do this together. And yeah, that's where I'm at right now. My kind of story before here, uh, I'm originally from a suburb of Chicago uh, and lived in Colorado for about 15 years. That's where Brenda and I met. It's where uh, we adopted Nell and after being out there, like a lifetime out there, such an amazing experience, really shaped who I am today. We wanted to get closer to family and we couldn't convince our family to move out to Colorado. So we <laughs> moved closer to them here in Ohio and it's it's really cool. We, we're building a really awesome community after being here for a year and a half now, settled into a new home. It's It's awesome. So tell me a little bit about Nell, three and a half. How are things going? <laughs> um, amazing. She's such a amazing little girl. And yeah, she's, you know, of course, there's the times that we'll probably talk about when kids can increase that stress level a little bit. <laughs> but overall, like right now, she's totally into building stuff and how stuff works. And like we're just on the ground playing Legos all the time. She's got a pretty strong personality too. So actually I've learned recently that like when she's trying to figure something out, there's no rushing her. She, you know, she was going to figure it out. I kind of stay on the sidelines and make sure she doesn't push it to a breaking point. Yeah. Um, but she, she needs to figure that out or else she doesn't really let it go if we try to move on. So she's awesome. We're in a, she's a really great girl. All right. You and your wife, Brenda, you said you had a marketing agency before, and now you guys own We Embark. And this is where you coach dads to live a more fulfilled and adventurous life. How scary was it for you both to go from that transition of marketing agency to this opportunity where, I mean... I know you said that your wife has that marketing background and that's what she does really for We Embark, but it is a completely different career path. Oh, super scary. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's still scary and it's going really, really well. I think an adventurous life is going to have some fear in there. And Brendan and I have done a, a lot of things together in our lives I think everything we've done together has kind of prepared us for running, launching this business together. Way back, we found out that we couldn't have kids the regular biological way. Like I, I'm not able to have kids. And that was like pretty big. But at the same time, like we have really good communication and we like had some tears. But I, when I told Brenda the news, she was like, okay, we're going to adopt. It was like, all right, well, yeah. And, you know, it was hard to tell our parents and everything, but we moved forward and you know, we quit our jobs and we traveled for four months and came back and got new jobs. And we moved from the city to the mountains, from the mountains to the city and across the country during a pandemic. We've There's been um, so much that we've kind of 
jumped off the diving board into together that uh, looking back, it's like, oh, like, of course we can do this. Let's go. Let's do this together. So tell me why. Why are you coaching dads to live a more fulfilled and adventurous life? I was in a corporate job for a long time, 15 years. And it was one of those jobs where I really liked most of it. And it was good pay. It was good benefits. But I kept telling myself, like, I'm not going to be here in two years. And then five years went by and seven years went by. And as much as I liked my job, I wasn't getting like this sense of I'm living my best self, like all of my abilities are being used here. And I kind of like scratched an itch by becoming a volunteer naturalist at an outdoor uh, museum. And that was really awesome. I, f- I found that I wanted to help people outdoors. Like that was what was driving me. That was leading me to like more fulfillment, but I was still working my corporate nine to five. And then after that part, I went and got my yoga and meditation training. And that was great. It was amazing, fulfilling, started helping other people in different ways and was really, um, finding more of my purpose, but I was still in this corporate job that I wasn't leaving because we needed the paycheck. We needed the stability. We needed the benefits. Then we adopted Nell and literally like overnight I became a dad and I kind of got to this place where I was like, I'm stuck. Like now I can't leave. I had the chance to leave my job and I can't. And I was really stuck. I started like putting on a little weight wasn't getting outside as much as I was before, um, really feeling like I was just kind of wasting time sitting at my desk. And then I wasn't showing up with the energy I wanted to for Nell and for Brenda. And I ended up getting a coach. And just, you know, it wasn't like a quick change. I got a coach and quit my job. But I can look back to when I got a coach and I started aligning my priorities with my actions and started making things happen. And the first thing that um, I did was I left my corporate job and joined Brenda's marketing agency that we ended up running together. But even there, I wasn't like that. We knew that wasn't the end game. And, you know, the, with the yoga teaching, with the nature guiding, I was like, I want to, I had this coach and I was like, I want to do what she can do. And so backtrack for a second, At my corporate job, we had a really awesome leadership and development program, and I got really involved in that and was taking group classes, uh, leadership programs, the power of conflict, um, how to create your drive, that kind of stuff, and really just eating it up. So there was this part of my job that I liked. I thought about maybe going into that department of our company. And then I got this life coach and I was like, whoa, that's amazing. She does that. And I dove into that world and I'm like, wow, this is a whole thing. People really can create a business like this. And Brenda had had a coach. She loved it. She actually is a certified coach also. And yeah, it's not, you know, it's not one day it happened, but at the same time, one day we looked at each other and we were like, you're going to sign Tommy, you're going to sign up for certification training and we're going to go on this journey. And that's why I'm doing it. Like 
as I became a coach, I was like, okay, I want to help the dudes that are in my position. Those dads that feel like they're stuck dads that feel like they're not showing up the way that they want to. And I, w- I want to help them that like, I, I know how to do it. I have these tools. I know what it takes to make those changes and grow. And that that's why I'm doing it. Before we continue this conversation, I would like to talk to you about Evoke Creative. The ladies behind Evoke Creative are the reason why I have a website, jilldevine.com. They are the reason why I have a strategy put in place for digital marketing, and they can do the same for you. So let me tell you a little bit about a three-part process that they provide for you. Each new client will begin with an introductory consultation, and you're going to talk about your business goals, your needs, all that good stuff. Then the strategy session will talk about the ins and outs of your business, your brand, your audience, your competition. And then the implementation phase is where Evoke creates and designs the crucial items for elevating your brand. I have been through each of these stages and oh my gosh, things that I didn't even think about, they provided to me. Things that are very critical for my brand to develop and evolve that I didn't think about. If you are a small business owner and you are looking to grow and you are looking to just do the best you can for your business and your brand, please talk to my ladies at Evoke Creative. EvokeCCO.com, that's where you will find them, EvokeCCO.com. All right, let's get back into this week's conversation. I think it's probably something that you can agree on, and maybe you know a little bit more about it through your training and the certification, but I think it's also generational things that some of that stuff has to stop, and I bring that up because of dads. I mean, it has been known that they're the ones that go to work and they're the ones that provide and they're the ones that aren't doing the nurturing and they're the ones that when you get they get home from work you just better leave them alone so they can decompress and and then a lot of the responsibility and the love and the care comes from the mom i think that it's getting better i see it within my household um something that i remember saying to my husband not too long ago is I said, I don't ever want our children, like, I don't want to threaten them with, wait till your dad gets home. Like, I don't (laughs) want you to be that guy. And I don't also don't want to be the mom that that's the case. Like, you better be scared of both of us. (laughs) So (laughs) instead, like splitting all of those things, splitting the discipline, splitting the affirmations, I think that that's super important moving forward. Totally. That's, That's hard. These societal beliefs that we have are well embedded into our programming and our conditioning. Wait, just wait till your dad gets home. He's going to be so mad. I mean, that is something we've heard our whole lives and that shows up in how we act and the roles that we like traditionally play. For me, Brenda and I have switched roles almost organically. Like when she 
like there was a time when I didn't have a job for a few months and I was transitioning. So I did a lot of the at home stuff and she was working the long hours. And then that has switched again with this life coaching business and I'm working more hours and she's taking. So that that's kind of switched for us. So how do those men that I I, I have this one guy that I work with that he, he actually is that dad that's taking more control of the at home stuff, planning, coordinating pickups. And he has a hard time with it. He wants to be doing it, but there are these beliefs embedded in him that are making him say, I should be doing something else. It's really interesting because he loves his family. He loves his daughters. He wants to make them all happy and give everything for them. But he, these, yeah, these programs that we have been taught subconsciously show up. And that's, what's really cool about our conversations, like with a coach, like we, we can talk about that and we look at the brain, how the brain works and how, oh, when I think that I am supposed to be the breadwinner, that I'm supposed to uh, have, be able to take care of any problem because that's what a man does. He shouldn't need to ask for any help. When we notice like, oh, that's not true, that I can ask for help. We can start taking our walls down and like programming this new perspective. So how do we support that though? If I am in that situation as a mom and that's happening with my husband, what do I do as the spouse? What does any spouse do in that situation? Man, the women in our lives are like so important. They they can see that outside perspective that we can't see inside of ourselves. And, and it goes the other way. Like the, the men can see what the women are doing in their lives. But I think more on the side of women, like, so when you say, let me just clarify, when you say, what can we do? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard for me to give an example because that's not the way it is in my household. However, I want to, I'm thinking about women who may be in the situation where they're the ones, you know, their husbands are the ones taking care of most of those at home responsibilities and they're feeling whatever it may be inadequate, whatever, like how do they shift and help make sure that that dad knows how, he is adequate. He is enough. So many of my clients <laughs> have come to me and are like, oh, how'd you find out about me? Well, my wife had a coach and I saw the changes it made in her life. And I thought I got to try this out. The honesty and like maybe saying something like, you know, I can tell that like you aren't loving your job right now or something isn't like right. You... Uh, you used to have this zest in your life and I feel like you're kind of losing it. And, you know, here are some resources that I've heard about, like check out this dude's group, or do you want to try to get a life coach? Or do you want to try to go start this new activity or join a softball league? I don't know, but it's supporting each other's growth, I think is what it really comes down to because we can't, an, another like societal belief that dudes carry is like, 
a happy wife, a happy life. Yeah. That's not true. When you like put your happiness dependent on the other person, that's a lot of weight to put on someone and you don't have any control of it. So if I like am just trying to do everything I can to make sure that Brenda's happy, it it's not going to turn out well for me. I'm going to be, we, we think we have to sacrifice everything for our families. We got to work really hard and that, yeah, that, that doesn't work. And what it, what the other, the flip side to happy wife, happy life is supporting each other's individual growth. I mean, that makes a happy household, right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I, I'm taking this from, uh, I'm not going to remember who wrote this book, but he interviewed a hundred couples across the country that made a hundred couples that had really good relationships. And the way that he found these couples was he just drove across the country, showed up in a town, ate at a diner and was like, Hey, I'm doing this book. Do you know any couples? And the waitress would inevitably be like, Oh, you got to talk to Jack and Sally. They have the best marriage ever. And after interviewing a hundred people, that was like a huge thing that of an underlying um, consistency was that they, they grew individually. And exactly like you said, they grew individually and then it enabled them to grow together and develop their relationship together and make a happier family. One of the things that I know in our household too is that support of what is it that you need to do to make you happy? And what is it that you need to do to make you happy? And having those conversations a lot. Um, and I think that it's easier for women to go down the route of trying to get all of the help as far as reading the books and doing this and the positive affirmations. And that it is Again, just societal, whatever it may be that we don't think men could benefit from it, which is not true at all. But what I think that we have to be, what we have to remember, and we say this a lot, like the whole happy wife, happy life, but I'm not a great mom unless I am a great person, a great individual. And I think the thing, same thing needs to be said for dads and also that our children are watching that. So that's kind of where I would like to talk next to you about is that role of the dad and the importance of being there for his child and what they see, because you read a lot of stats, unfortunately, about how the dad's not present and or there's not a relationship. And so I didn't know if you had some insight you could provide on that one. It's so important to be present with your kids. And there's a difference between being physically present and mentally, emotionally, spiritually present. Um, I was talking to this one guy and he, he saw himself doing this. He was like, I get home from work. I'm exhausted. There's house projects that need to get done. So I'm running around and you know, I'm not spending time with my kids, but there's so much to do. Like life always gets in the way. We're talking about this. He, he knows that he wants to spend more time with his kids, but he's not doing it. And one thing that we work on a lot is slowing down. When we can slow down, we can start to connect more with the people around us. 
the for for this dad, we talked about uh, kind of catching himself in those moments and slowing down. And we did this kind of future vision exercise that we do and brought to attention like what's important to him and his family and how does what does that look like and how does that look like with your son? Is it running around and doing projects? No, it's more like slowing down, connecting with him one-on-one. And the awareness of it for a man to like see the control that he has is the biggest part. And, you know, this dad ended up, we, a couple sessions later, he had this opportunity to, he was doing his normal thing. He was trying to fix the kitchen. And his son was like, dad, can we cook some Christmas cookies? And he was like, two weeks ago, I would have been like, not tonight, buddy. I got to get this done and this done. And he almost said it, stopped himself. He was like, what do I have to do tonight? Am I going to fix this kitchen or can I spend an hour with my son, just me and him? And he did it. And like, we talked the next time and we like freaking celebrated. It was amazing. And all, all it wasn't, it is so important. And our kids just want our attention. And a really cool exercise that uh, one of my teachers, Dan Doty, taught was a time. I mean, it's it's put on a timer for 15 minutes and give that time to your kid. No phone, no trying to do the dishes while you play with your kid, no multitasking, 15 minutes. And I'll tell you, you do that and you're going to notice yourself want to pull away, you know, whatever your, you know, however old your kid is, just get into the video game with them, get on the ground and play dolls with her, paint your nails, whatever your kid's doing, immerse yourself in that for 15 minutes. And it's not easy, but it's going to be huge for your kid to really know that they have your undivided attention and for you to realize that like, wow, how easily it is that I can get distracted with life around me. Yeah, I am not great at this, but trying to get better, trying to, it's just part of my like OCD things in control and in order. And when I see the sink full of dishes, that just triggers something for me. But I've been trying to do that when one of them says, can you just um, make some food with me? And I like play food or whatever out of Play-Doh. I'm like, yes, I can do that or whatever it may be. I know I need to, at that point, put my phone in a different room because even though it's right there, I'm like, ah, oh yeah, it's right there. Let me do this real fast. And then I get distracted. But I have heard from several people that I mean, just 15 minutes is sometimes all they need. And that does make a huge difference. It's, yeah. And I think you talked about, you mentioned like the this generational roles that we play. They show up when, you know, when dad gets home, like he needs to unwind and give him his space. We can like think all we want. I don't want to be that way, but it, it shows up it, and that's another thing that I think when you brought that up, it really clicked. Like when guys get together and can hash some of this stuff out and like talk about these, what it was, the problems that we're having, the desires that we want, these responsibilities that we have, that we want to show up to. I think there's a lot of power in that. And in the last like half century, 
men don't have that kind of maybe candor with each other because it's more than friendship. Yeah. Guys can have friends and talk about sports and talk about the whiskey they drink. And that's cool. There's space for that. But guys don't have this outlet to like have a tight enough relationship where you can be honest with each other and be vulnerable with each other. And that's, that's new to our human society that historically we men have had a lot tighter relationships and you know, there's this book team of rivals. It's the story of Abraham Lincoln and his cabinet members. And it's really interesting how tight like Abraham Lincoln was to a lot of the people he grew up with and met. And it was the environment, the environment that they lived in called for closer living conditions, um, more dependency on each other. And, and I'll just tell this story real quick. So Abraham Lincoln, lawyer, small town, Illinois, when the Midwest was like the wild West, not like it is now when St. Louis was like really the gateway to the wild, wild West. And he would travel around the state of Illinois hearing cases because they didn't have a lawyer and a judge in every town. So he would travel with other lawyers, with the judge. And for like three months at a time, they'd just travel around, stop in different towns, stay for a few nights and try all the cases. During that time, they, they were together. They told stories around the fire. You know, it sounds weird, but they slept in the same bed in these hotels or boarding houses. That kind of relationship, you're going to, you know, and you just see it in their lives. They correspond with written letters for the rest of their lives. And they have a support system that they can share their struggles with. They can be honest with each other. They can tell it like it is. And I think that's missing in a lot of dudes' lives right now. Yeah. How do we get there? <laughs> we hire a coach. <laughs> yep. You're right. That's true. <laughs> um, it, that's one way. That That's one way is, you know, because the difference is like your friend's going to empathize with you. Like, yeah, I get it, man. Totally. That's tough. Um, maybe they tell you to look on the bright side, but that's not what the like coaching relationship is. And I think there's like this misconception that people come to coaching because they have a problem. It's not, it's, it's people that want to like, that have an awesome life, have figured a lot of it out, but want to level up and want to get better, make their connections better, make their, be more present with the people in their lives. So hiring a coach is one way. Another way, like I'm part of this men's workout group and we get together at 5.30 in the morning and, you know, we work out and a couple days of the week we go get coffee. And that's, you know, that's friendship, but I'm actually making some closer friends out of that, that can, you know, has the potential to turn more into that challenge each other relationship. Yeah. You, you got, so you asked, how do you do it? You got to seek it out. Yeah. You got to seek it out. When you're talking about all this. So one of the other things that I do, I am the community groups coordinator at my church. So I am in charge of all of our community groups, which are designed to grow spiritually and connect relationally. And the lack of men's groups that we have, it bothers me so much because it is one of those things where they're like, we're not getting together with a bunch of dudes and telling our stories. And, you know, there's just this 
preconceived idea of what it is. And I just know how beneficial it could be. And to just see if somebody takes that step and somebody does it, and I'm just convincing and trying and doing all I can to make that happen, I I think the benefit will be seen by others. And growth is all about just taking a step. You don't have to, and even like with coaching, like you don't have to make these huge, profound discoveries or whatever it may be to say that you're growing. Just the interest and just taking the next step is huge. A hundred percent. And we're also, you know, we have our one-on-one group coaching program and we also have group coaching programs. And that's something, you know, maybe you don't, you're, you know, maybe someone wants the one-on-one and they can open up more in the one-on-one space. Maybe they want to come into a group and with like-minded dads that are kind of going through the same stuff and share the stories that way. There, there are a couple guys that I've talked to that are like, I've never talked to anybody about this stuff before. And it's not <laughs> like, it's not like crazy stories. It's like me and my wife had a huge fight last night. And he's never told anybody about that before. And it's like, dude, that is so normal. Everybody fights with their wives. Yeah. Like if you don't fight with your wife, there's probably something wrong in your relationship. And just that like, so normalizing these things that happen and then having a conversation about it, it, it makes, like you said, it doesn't have to be this like enlightening thing. Oh, I am never going to fight with my wife again. Like, no, that's not it. But you get to air out your anger, your frustration, your annoyance. You get like this almost cleansing breath. And the more work you do on yourself and the more work you put into it, you you will feel better. I love the cleansing breath. That the cleansing breath. It's so cool because I I know it. You said that and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like a rush of relief. And Yeah, (laughs) we tell the girls all the time to take some deep breaths and we are taking them with them. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, that's it's cool work that you do. And for guys to step up and say that they like want to talk about this stuff, it's it takes courage. That's what I tell my guys, like even just on the introductory call, like, dude, it took courage to pick up the phone and call. Yeah, like. You know, it's, it's not easy and, but so powerful. It's just been my experience for myself. Like it wasn't easy for me at first and it's still not always easy to like drop my wall and admit that I want to talk about something because I'm not being as good as I want to be, but it's possible and it's cool when it happens. 100%. And we need to start thinking about those dads a little bit more. So with that, I think that's a great time for you to give out all the scoop, tell people how they can reach you. And I'll also have it online at jilldevine.com. The, you know, our website nowweembark.com. You can find everything, all of our offerings. We have a cool uh, goal setting guide that you could download for free. And Instagram is probably the best way to get to know me a little bit better, get to know what we talk about, what we do. And that is Tommy, now we embark, or Tommy, we embark. Yeah, that's it. So you'll put it in the notes so it's all easy to grab, but I 
yeah, you, you'll find us and we're really having fun with what we do. Tommy, thank you so much. Yeah, Jill, this was a really fun conversation. A reminder before we wrap up this week's episode, one of the sponsors of the podcast, Evoke Creative. If you are a small business owner or maybe you're just looking to have a little bit of a hobby. I know a lot of people actually like to write blogs and they want a place to have them and that's it. They just want a a simple place to put their blogs in case people want to read them. Evoke Creative can actually help you do that. They can design the website for you. They can make it look pretty. They can help you get the information out to others. So as little or as big as you want to go with your business slash brand, the ladies at Evoke Creative can help you out. Evoke CCO to see some of their work, including mine, which you can see that at jilldevine.com. Speaking of, if you go to jilldevine.com, that's where you will find all of my social media handles. You can also sign up for our email list that I promise you will not get a ton of emails from me. Just, you know, updates here and there. And I would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on the podcast platform of your choice, wherever you're listening to it right now. That would be so awesome. And as always, thank you for your support of Two Kids and a Career. 